It's a great day for a podcast. Once again, here he is, John Oakley. Michael Giles, who is a government apparatchik, no question, currently Director of Municipal Affairs at the Residential Construction Council of Ontario, but uh, comes from the Emerald Isle. Michael, good to have you here on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Good to be here, John. All right. Uh, when I say the Emerald Isle, it was actually Belfast, Northern Ireland, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we don't usually use the Northern. <laughs> okay. Well, I see. Okay. There you are. Uh, <laughs> were you a Provo then? <laughs> yeah, we don't usually use the Northern part of it. Hey, by the way, did you see the movie Belfast? It's on Netflix right now. I did. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, a couple of thousand when I was okay afterwards. Oh, okay. It was that unsettling, was it? Kenneth Branagh was... Uh, a- no, I mean, that was, it, it was, uh, you know, in Ireland, they'd say they, uh, they tore the arse out of it, you know. Made it look worse than it was. Oh, really? It wasn't that yeah. bad, the Troubles? Well, no, you know, it's it, it, actually, that's why we call it the Troubles. We never, Irish are always good at an after. They never called it a war. They called it the Trouble. It didn't sound as bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Only went on for 30 plus years. Cost countless well, lives. And for nothing else, we're dedicated. <laughs> oh, that's it. Uh, stick-to-itiveness. The good old Irish stick-to-itiveness. Well, all right. Here we go in the uh, context of, and I, I don't want to be disrespectful or diminish anyway the significance and the, the somber occasion, but Mulroney, at a funeral, I mean, is there uh, such a thing that we could see uh, with an Irish influence insofar as, you know, he embraced his Irish legacy or heritage? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, Brian Mulroney would love, you know, he loved all the Irish things. You know, he used to always say, that, that, um, you know, the, a good funeral is better than a bad wedding. You know, they used to say that. <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that's why we're always so good at them, right? You know, it's like... Uh, I, I mean, I think I'm just a damn stereotype now. Everybody I know coming after me used to say the only difference between an Irish funeral and an Irish, you know, an Irish uh, wedding was one, you know, wake was one last drunk. You know, so. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, it's that uh, bonhomie that you guys exhibit that sort of makes it uh, stands apart. Uh, anyway, listen, on uh, any particular set list, we just played the Dubliners coming in, uh, Spansel Hill. I mean, look, it may be trite or a cliche now because it happened at Ronald Reagan's funeral as well as I think George Herbert Walker Bush, Danny Boy, when Irish eyes are smiling. Uh, Would those be requisite? Would you include those? I would, you know, and and Brian Mulroney would love that stuff. He loved his Irish, you know, being Irish and and everything about it, you know, and and he had that, you know, I would always recognize that, you know, the Irish uh, joy of life, but also that Irish fatalism, you know, and I think it was Daniel, Daniel Senator Moynihan in the States said it, and he summed it up perfectly. I think Brian Mulroney used it a few times where he said, you know, being Irish is knowing in the, in the end, the world will always break your heart. And, you know, that's what I said. You know, he'd sing these songs and do this stuff. It always sort of conveyed that. But he was he was Irish to the core. You know, there's some people who run around and pretend to be Irish and, you know, they fly over there three months before an election and, and try to, you know, pull a few pints and then come back home and get the Irish vote. But he was. He truly embraced his, his you know, Irish heritage and being Irish and the things he said. And, you know, he just, he was a, he was a real character. And, you know, and he was a real leader too. You know, he, he did things that, you know, you know, that uh, he wasn't afraid to take, you know, the chances and do the things that he needed to do, which is, you know, part of being Irish as well. You know, they always do say, I came from Belfast, and I'll say the, the last thing you would have expected you to want to get into is politics, but, you know, it's in our blood. Well, yeah, yes, eh? Uh, boy, we could go through the history chapter and verse, but uh, we're going to talk to Melissa Lantzman, uh, who's the conservative MP for Thornhill, uh, in a little bit as well, because I'm kind of curious about uh, Mulroney's conservative cred, small c conservative cred, uh, because maybe some of that uh, isn't as apparent these days with our own political stripe. People tend to populism rather than conservatism. Uh, what's the distinction, by the way? Well, you know, I think the distinction is you, you don't, you know, if you don't take these hardline positions and everything, 
But you take the hard, you know, positions, you make a decision and you stick with it. You know, the GST was a huge one for him, right? And, you know, who wants to pay tax like that? But at the end of the day, it was the right decision. We had a manufacturing sales tax that was 13.5%, which actually put Canadian companies at a disadvantage. He focused on it, said, that's not fair. That's not going to work in the future. And so we made the change. And, you know, he got the hell beat out of him for that. But, you know, I think the proof is in the, you know, the history. It's still there. Mm. Obviously, governments recognized that it was still there. Same with the free trade agreement. You know, same with all sorts of other stuff he did. You know, he privatized 23 of the 61 crown corporations that were there. You know, if he hadn't had enough time, he would have done the rest of them. And maybe they would have been operating still instead of what we have now. But the point is that, uh, you know, he, he didn't have to be hard line on everything. But on the things he recognized he needed to be, he did it. And he stood it and he took, you know, he took all sorts of punches for it. But he never backed down when he thought it was the right decision, which is what's lacking right now, you know, among the, you know, the Birkenstead EV driving crowd. You know, it's like that's what's lacking. <laughs> All right, Michael Giles, uh, again, a political operative at many levels and also of Irish descent. So we're talking about Brian Mulroney in that regard as well. By the way, uh, the Irish, they're a happy-go-lucky bunch, but also a maudlin lot, sort of like uh, two polarities in one. Oh, that's well, true. That old quote, the Irish are very fair people. They never speak well of one another. You know, it's like, <laughs> and we are like that, you know, and it's like that. And I say that Monaghan quote, it sums up the Irish perfectly. It's knowing in the end, the world will always break your heart. And, you know, it's not, it's, I don't know what it is. It's a fatalism and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, it goes through the whole, and, and we're just like, you know, we're crazy. I was talking to some guy this morning, and we're talking about a guy in Canada who, who quit drinking, you know, for his health and everything else and had been three months sober. He went home for Christmas and you know, the mother put a wine glass in front of him. And he said, no, I don't drink anymore. And she said, are you going to ruin Christmas? <laughs> I don't doubt it. I mean, it sounds like, you know, uh, everything that you regale us with is uh, replete with these Irish aphorisms or uh, whatever. And these are the kinds of things. I mean, there's a rich legacy of this within the literature itself and the poetry. Uh, I mean, when the the kissing of the Blarney Stone, you know, they say, uh, I, I can't recall who said it in tribute yesterday that Brian Mulroney was basically the embodiment of the Blarney Stone, but uh, in not a, a disrespectful way, uh, but there is that that touch of it in uh, most Irish folk. Uh, what's that a consequence of? Absolutely. They always say the right thing. And you know what the truth is? You know, the Irish love funerals, right? It's like, you know, I, I went to so many of them when I was in Ireland. The things that came out of their mouths, you know, I remember one, one of them, the guy, Said, you know, oh, he's gone or everything. He says, I'm oh, sure he wasn't the worst of them. You know, and I think that's the best you can come up with, you know. <laughs> and two minutes later, a priest comes in and says, this is my friend. And it's literally, this did happen. Came in and said, this is my friend. She's a faith healer. And one of the other guys said, you're too late. <laughs> not at a funeral. <laughs> I mean, it's too precious. Uh, this is funny. Oh, well, yeah. you celebrate life and they understand death. And you know what? It's like, uh, and I, you know, there's all sorts of academic thoughts about why did this, you know, where do we come from with that? You know, the famine, there was such a, you know, a large loss of life that death became very much a part of it and fatalism and everything else. But, you know, then they moved across the world, like people like Brian Mulroney's ancestors, you know, they spread all over. There was like 70 million I think have some kind of direct lineage in North America, you know, and it's, it's so that, and they get over there and, and, you know, they couldn't, you know, get into high societies. What did they do? They joined the police and made a fair amount of money there. And, you know, it's like, this is how you, this is how we got everywhere, you know? And, and he came, look where he came from, you know, he put himself through school, failed the bar exam twice, 
No, I mean the law exam, not failed at the bar, but failed the law exam and, uh, and then became a very successful man, became the prime minister. You, you're not even sure when you're making a joke that it's funny stuff. I, mean, I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that one. Yeah, you never. And he used to drink a lot, too, and he stopped. I, I, I heard him say one where he said that he'd stopped and when he was, I think he was president of Iron Ore of Canada and he said he'd stopped drinking and he, he figured out it was incredible what you could get done in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, geez. I love this again with Michael Giles. Uh, by the way, then, uh, you know, Brian Mulroney, as you say, uh, came up the hard way from humble beginnings, never really lost that touch. He was really a man of the people, would you say? Absolutely, he was. You know, and this is a true story, too. When I was in Ottawa, you know, they have a couple of little uh, cafeterias on Capitol Hill in the center block. And uh, you go and get a coffee in the morning and stuff like that. And so I was there at the Paul Martin time and, and uh, I was I get to know the people behind the counter. And I went in and one morning I said to them, you know, because prime ministers would, you know, drop by and get coffee in those days. Not anymore. You know, I mean, they're too busy washing their hair and stuff. But <laughs> they, they would, they would go by to get a coffee in the morning. And I said, you know, of all the big shots that have ever came in here, who's the one you like the most? And he said, every one of them, four of them said, Brian Mulroney. I said, why? Because he was nice to us. He didn't, it didn't make a difference if he was talking to the president of the United States or us. You could tell he was actually listening and he was interested. And I've heard many, many stories like that, where he did stuff like that, where he was always, a, we had a mutual friend, um, this guy, Elaine Gould, who was clerk of the Privy, deputy clerk of the Privy Council. He died in Mulroney called me. Then where's his funeral? And he heard he wanted to talk, call his wife and everything else. And, you know, that's what he was. He, he just had that ability to be, you know, he was a, just a decent man when it came to individuals. And, you know, the story could go on forever. How Marcel Bourdon, who was a liberal, who was a, a liberal MP, and they kicked, you know, the liberals kicked him out and didn't give him the nomination in Montreal. And he went to school with Mulroney. He stormed in there and said, you better make me a senator before you leave because, you know, Mulroney was quitting. And, and uh, he told us, he told us in Ottawa for 45 minutes before Mulroney left, he called him and I signed, he said he signed and, you know, used an expletive and hung up on him, but he made put him into the Senate on the way out the door. Really? Yeah, Marcel Breton. Wow. Uh, great stories. By the way, you know, and that rich baritone that he had uh, lent itself to singing when Irish eyes are smiling. And so at Reagan's, uh, the, I guess it was the Shamrock Conference in 1985. Uh, that was, yeah, something that, you know, obviously uh, ingratiated him to... Reagan with his own Irish heritage and everything like. By the way, uh, is it almost some some kind of uh, immutable cosmic law that if you're Irish, you got to be able to sing? Well, it's an immutable law that that you sing, and I wouldn't say you're able to sing because some of them, you know, have cracked windows and you hear and listen. They're the ones that they think they're good. <laughs> you know, it's like have a few drinks and it's it's. Uh, um, you know, off they go. It's, that's why they always say in Ireland, if, if you know, if you come into bars, if, if you've gone in there to drink to forget, please pay in advance. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, you're right. I remember now uh, where two Irish guys were talking at the bar, you know, after, uh, you know, there was, I guess, a karaoke night. And the one guy says, uh, what do you do with the money? He says, what money? <laughs> the money your mother gave you for the singing lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's limitless. You know, I think it was Brian Maroney once told a joke where they said the Irish guy ran into a bar and said, you know, quick, give me a, a, a you know, a, a drink or whatever. And, you know, keeps you know, by 10 drinks later, he's knocking them back. And he goes, I've never seen anybody drink so fast. He goes, why are you drinking so fast? He goes, you would drink fast if I, if you have what I have. And he goes, what do you have? He goes, 25 cents. <laughs> oh, God, this is too good. Uh, but there you have it. You know, I mean, and this is something, uh, I don't know, if a, a wake would include this kind of, uh, let's say, direction uh, in you know, as a, a memorial or in commemoration, uh, it wouldn't necessarily need to be a somber affair, would it? 
No, and and they're not. You know, I was nine years old when I went to my first wake. And it was my great uncle, and we went in. He was in the coffin in the living room in the house, you know, and, and all the men were there drinking and stuff like that. It was usually just the men in those days, you know. And, and I walked in. I remember I was like, astonished here he is lying in this coffin right there. And, and one of them says, you better give Peter a drink. He looks a bit pale. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are these fans? <laughs> right. Uh, I love but it. it. Yeah, there is something to it. And again, and I don't say this like, uh, you know, lightly, but he had it. You know, he had that Irish thing to him. You know, he, he, he was so fast with the lines. You know, I heard a great story where he was going to South Africa and they, they landed in, I think it was Uganda at the time for like a four hour visit. And the president of Uganda's name was, was Joseph Banana. <laughs> and so the, the word went back through the plane that the media better not do anything that's going to embarrass the government because of the president's last name. So don't say a word. So Mulroney got out, did his thing, got back on the plane. They lifted off. They're going to South Africa. And Mulroney came back to the back of the plane. And one of the reporters says, how was your meeting with the president? And he said, very fruitful. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting because uh, this isn't really the kind of fodder that we've been reading in the op-ed pages today. So I appreciate your sharing with us, Michael. It's well, really- no, and that's the thing, you know, you, you can, you know, you look at what a man, yeah, he accomplished a lot. And I think one of the reasons why he is sort of a, a generational and seismic influencer in terms of being prime minister is because he had that Irish in him. You know, they make a decision, you don't back down, you, you know, you fight through to the end, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he had that, you know, he had that. But if you look at what we have now, you know, it's like he, none of these people can make a decision that their life depended on. Mm. He made them all the time. Well, and they were big, uh, big ticket items for sure. We're going to talk about that uh, now going forward. Melissa Lansman's going to join us, the Conservative MP for Thornhill. But Michael, I uh, really appreciate your insights into the Irish side of Brian Mulroney and the cultural in general. Really very much uh, fun this afternoon on a Friday. Thank you for it. Great. Thanks very much, John. Listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on Earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.